Hello and welcome back to season three of Bow My God. I'm your host, Bo Bradley. My pronouns are he, him, and they, them. For those of you who are joining us today for the very first time, Bow My God is a unique insight into queer culture, history, and current events centered around the perspective of a non-binary trans man. Through the sharing of fact-based information and firsthand vulnerable lived experiences, BMG aims to build community, amplify the voices of others, and ultimately bridge the gap between the cisgender, heterosexual, and LGBTQIA communities. We're currently down to the very last two episodes of season three, so there'll be this episode today and then one more episode in two weeks, airing on the 29th of December. And then we'll be taking a little break until 2023. So before we get down into it, I want to recap the last episode for you. Last time on episode 43, I is for intersex and returning to state college, we dug back into the queer alphabet to discuss how I is for intersex, naturally, and what that means, the history of the term, and how someone is actually 1.4% more likely to be born intersex than to be born as an identical twin. So I then chatted about my trip back to Penn State University for homecoming 2022, to how I participated in the alumni homecoming court, what it was like to be back in that space as a openly queer and trans person that I've never really experienced there before. I guess queer, yes, but not not fully trans and fully just living in the moment. And yeah, so great episode. Definitely catch up on your favorite podcast platform if you haven't already. I'm going to take this moment to ask you to subscribe, rate us on your favorite podcast platform, follow us on social media at Bow My God Pod, and on YouTube. This podcast is all about education, community, and visibility. So we need your help to continue to share this platform with your friends, peers, family, and allies. All right, so now let's get into today's episode. Today, we're going to be talking about queer history and current events kind of simultaneously as one, uh, ranging from updates on Brittany Griner to the newly autographed Respect for Marriage Act here in the United States. And lastly, but certainly not least, we're going to sit down with a guest and membership director of Compete Sports Diversity. His name is Treyer Martinez. Very excited for that section as well. So let's get started. Let's kick it off talking about LGBTQIA plus history. This portion of the podcast is for all individuals to learn something new about real history that they may not have been exposed to before. So let's start off with some great news, which is an update from episode nine. Take MPOC seriously and free Brittany Griner. Brittany, also lovingly referred to as BG, is a two-time gold medalist, seven-time WNBA All-Star, and two-time WNBA Defensive Player of the Year. She's the center for both Team USA and the 2014 WNBA Championship team, the Phoenix Mercury. She was wrongfully detained in a Russian airport back in February while she was traveling with a small amount of prescribed cannabis while heading to play basketball in Russia, where Griner has played basketball in the off se- in the WNBA offseason for several years now. So this trip was not out of the ordinary. Like I mentioned a little bit earlier, you can hear more about the actual detainment and, and issues and concerns back in episode nine. But right now we're going to talk about the good part of this, which is the fact that she is back in the United States. So after she was detained in Russia back in February, she was sentenced to 10 years in Russian prison. 
and about a month ago was transferred to a penal colony after her sentencing, where she remained until last Thursday on December 8th, 2022, after she took place in a prisoner exchange between Russia and the U.S. and the UAE. And once the prisoner exchange took place, Griner was transported back to San Antonio, Texas, where she was set to be evaluated both physically and emotionally, and also reunited with her wife, Sherelle, who has... Sherelle has done nothing but fight for a BG since she got detained. And so I just think it's a um, not to say that there's beauty in this situation, because I think it's a really shitty situation, but there's beauty in the message of watching this woman fight for her wife and seeing uh, just a real example of what same sex marriage is and what relationships mean to people, even if others don't understand them. So I, I definitely want to mention here about the different mental health implications that I'm sure BG and her family and and many people, and I'm sure many athletes that still have to travel outside of the U.S. to earn a living every year, uh, which is a lot of the WNBA. And I have seen a few different players say that they're probably not going to go back uh, overseas anymore, uh, especially to Russia after this. So there's going to be long-term effects in this that... um, that we probably don't even realize yet. And again, it goes without saying she's a black queer woman athlete. She is someone who just has been through so many trials and tribulations and has had so many challenges to get to where she is that it's just, it's, I just much love and feels for BG and her family and everyone Uh, included. And so like usual, there are several sources on this story in the notes section of the episode. However, there are two that I want to pull your attention to. Um, In those references are the remarks from President Biden on BG's release, and also a video from YouTube that is Sherelle Greiner's public statement from the White House when BG was released. So definitely check those out if you haven't already. And again, I encourage you to look more into this situation and kind of learn more about it for yourself. So the next thing we're going to talk about today is going to be really brief and it has the potential to be challenging. So trigger warning, we're going to talk briefly about the Club Q massacre. I have honestly been trying to put together an episode on this for a couple of weeks now and just have not been able to mentally. So let's come back to this in depth next season and for now touch briefly on the facts of what occurred who we lost and kind of just a a few details because I definitely, it it needs to be mentioned. So um, on the eve of Transgender Day of Remembrance, which was Saturday, November 19th of this year, 2022, a gunman opened fire in the LGBTQIA plus club in Colorado Springs called Club Q. And this person murdered five people and wounded at least 17 others. Last week, the shooter was charged with 305 criminal counts, including hate crime charges and murder charges. Uh, Officials with the state mentioned that this was the most amount of charges in a single crime ever that they remember seeing prosecuted, although it hasn't been prosecuted yet. So excuse my terminology, but that they've seen charged. So the only other thing I really want to touch on at this time with this incident is I, I want to share with you the names of those who were killed because uh, these are our queer and trans siblings and friends and neighbors and 
it is just wish we weren't still reading names, wish this wasn't an ongoing thing, wish this didn't happen on the eve of Transgender Day of Remembrance, where we purposefully sit down and remember all of the folks who are queer, who are trans or gender nonconforming that have been violently murdered over the past year because, you know, we need a date for that. Um, because <laughs> that that is the society that we live in. And so I'm going to share these names and I don't want them to get lost in the midst of all of the other names where no one should be getting lost. But yeah, so <laughs> I feel like I'm just rambling at this point because this is just a really heavy and hard topic and it is for me and I'm sure it might be for you and for if not for at least people that you love and care about. And so, yeah, it's just another another thing that I wish we didn't have to live through but unfortunately here we are so to memorialize those five folks who were senselessly murdered in the club queue massacre i'm going to re read their names now with a brief moment of silence in between oh my god would like to remember daniel aston derek rump Kelly Loving, Raymond Green Vance, Ashley Paw. So look out for more to chat about this tragic event in season four of Oh My God. And remember to hug your loved ones a little tighter. I hate to say this, but when you're out and about in public, please be situationally aware. Please. Uh, look for exits. Please be sure you know where your friends are and know what your plan is. And just as sad as it is to say, just be on the lookout for your own safety a little more than you already were if you weren't already. So let's bring it up a little bit and get back into our last and actually exciting bit of LGBTQIA plus history for you today. And that uh, also is something that happened earlier this week on Tuesday, December 13th, 2022. And that is the Respect for Marriage Act was signed into law by President Biden. This law garnered bipartisan support passed both in the House and the Senate before landing on the president's desk. It codifies protections for same-sex and interracial couples federally here in the United States. The signing took place on the White House South Lawn with various special guests, including plaintiffs in uh, certain LGBTQ rights legal cases, musical artists who performed, including Cindy Lauper and Sam Smith, and thousands of other interested parties, including um, I saw the advisor who sponsors my LGBTQIA plus employee resource group at work there. And so that was super cool to see. Shout out, Justin. Big moves over there. And while it's sad that we live in an era where we need to create protections like this and sign them into law, um, this bill is a sigh of relief for hundreds of thousands of couples in the U.S. this week, just to know that their marriages will be recognized and remain valid for years to come, and just all the implications that that has. And yeah, it's great. And there are so many random things. I don't know if people who aren't in the circumstance of being in a same-sex mar sex marriage just don't don't realize all the different um I don't know. I just it's it's really weird for someone to come up to you and be like, oh, you've been married for five years. Well, your your marriage is not valid because of who you marry. It just 
it's it's a very interesting viewpoint and um yeah so congratulations and yay to all of us whose marriages are valid (laughs) so this brings us to the moment you've all been waiting for while we transition into talking about compete sports diversity and a current event that has not quite yet occurred, which is their annual Compete Sports Diversity Awards, which are happening this January in Las Vegas. I'm very excited for those, and I'm very excited to have you here, Trier. Trier's pronouns are he, him, his. He is both a DEI advocate and the membership director for Compete Sports Diversity. Trier, thank you so much for being here, and I'm really excited to chat with you today. Could you give listeners a little background on Compete Sports Diversity and who you all are and what you do? Sure, absolutely. So Compete started in 2006. Um, We started as a full-service LGBTQ plus sports magazine. Um, Since then, we've grown to become a a membership organization that has about 150 partners um, expanding into LGBTQ plus sports organizations, working with professional sports teams to um, create a whole new playing field in in sports and in future generations. Um, In totality, Compete connects, educates, um, empowers and inspires inspires mission-driven uh, LGBTQ plus and allied sports organizations and community leaders. Um, recently, we've been reaching out and, and partnering with nonprofit organizations, travel and tourism partners, corporate partners, and athletes just to complete our mission of furthering sports diversity together. Um, you know, it's it's one thing to um, to say. To, to talk the talk, but it's another thing to walk the walk. And so our organization is just a group of leaders that are very dedicated to walking the walk and creating a new space for um, athletes and future generations, for sure. That's awesome. Do you mind if I ask you a little bit about your background and kind of how you got involved with Compete? Sure, absolutely. So um, my background is I just grew up in a small town. Um, I started with Compete back in 2019. I'm right before the pandemic hit. So, so my first three months in, in being the, being a part of the compete team, it just kind of, um, it was awesome. It was a whole new world for me. You know, I, I had an LGBTQ plus cousin that, um, you know, actually came out to me first. I was the first family member that they had, had come out to. And they had told me that it was because they thought I would be the toughest family member. And so, um, I figured that at that point in time, I needed to kind of figure out a way to support um, not only my cousin, but but future generations of LGBTQ plus individuals. Um, and I've obviously been an athlete my entire life. Um, I played basketball, I played football, I ran track, wrestled. I mean, you name it, I was kind of on the playing field. And I didn't know, I didn't ever understand or recognize that there were so many different like disparities in sports for marginalized communities. And so I decided when coming aboard Compete that it was important for me to use my voice to uplift others and to um, walk behind and support uh, communities that that need support in the sports space. As an athlete and as a previous team captain, you know, your goal is always to win and to have fun. And and sports just brings people together. And so creating a space that, that everybody feels welcome is is something that I've definitely um, been very proud of and and very passionate about for the past three years, for sure. That's great. And I think talking like pulling out of what you said about being a captain and taking that leadership forward. I think that leadership working from the top down in these organizations is is so important when you come to diversity and initiatives and inclusivity and accessibility and any of the buzzwords we could throw into it. But 
I I think that that's one of the really cool things that I like about Compete is that you do work towards not only this inclusivity goal and this getting this message out there, but also the um, building of leadership from within. Um, and so on that note, do you think you could talk a little bit about uh, the Sports Diversity Council and also and or the uh, Sports Diversity Leader uh, kind of certificate program that you all have as well? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, obviously, diversity, equity and inclusion is such a hot topic now. Um, DEI is just so broad, though, right? I mean, you have LGBTQ plus, you have people of color, you have women, you have Asian American Pacific Islander. I mean, it's so massive currently right now. And it's a big topic of conversation um, in the corporate world, but it's really starting to be highlighted in the sports world, too. And a lot of organizations are kind of um, behind the ball in terms of LGBTQ plus and, and being a sports diversity leader and, and being able to be well versed in that aspect. And so our certification, you know, it's, it's four courses that are 60 minutes a piece that teach you, you know, how do you become a leader? How do you become, um, a, a pillar for people to, to uplift the voices of marginalized communities in sports? So, um, it's the, the courses are very informative and I, I definitely, I recommend anybody to go through them just because it, um, you know, in order for us to create change, we need everybody else on board to 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 create change, right? And how do we do that? Is we we inform and we educate people. You know, this is what it means to be a leader, um, pushing diversity in sports forward. Um, and then on the council side, just to explain a little bit, you know, we help LGBTQ plus sports organizations organize tournaments all throughout the country. It could be anywhere from California all the way up to the to the northeast state of New York. So um, on that aspect, you know, we're, we're talking with corporate partners, making sure that we're building relationships with people that um, are actually in it for the right reason rather than for a dollar grab. Um, we're building relationships with those people with the council and, and bringing um, support to the community and having dollars being um, put towards the community and being invested into the community. So um, that's the whole goal of the, the council is to just um, work with people who want to be um, trailblazers in the sports community for, for many years to come. I love it. Building up as you go. So I guess the next thing coming up for you all is the uh, winter membership conference. Could you share about that? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, when you have a membership organization, um, it's very important and it's imperative that you bring together those members that are part of that organization. Um, so when the winter membership conference comes 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 up, it's all of us getting into a room and, and we go through a full day's worth of, of education, um, strategies. How do we help each other? How do we support each other? It's really community building based. Um, it's it's sharing what we thought was successful, not only internally on the compete side, but externally, too, with some of our sports organizations like Asana, like the Emerald City Softball League up there in, in Seattle. And, and, you know, now United Sports Seattle, which is based for LGBTQ plus youth um, in the Seattle region to, to come and engage in the sports world. So really with the Winter Conference, it's it's us coming together and saying, you know, how do we support each other? How do we continue pushing this movement forward? What connections do we have that we can share that will help our organization grow and that will give more accessibility to um, individuals who want to come and try sports? Uh, so that's what the winter membership conference is about, is definitely building that community aspect and um, how we can support one another moving forward for 2023. You know, the Compete Sports Diversity Awards is uh, is coming up, too, and that's obviously on the backside of our conference, conference in the morning and then awards in the evening. Um, but there's people out there that are really doing great work. 
in the community. And, and for us on our side, being the sports expert in terms of diversity, equity, and inclusion, it's very important for us to highlight those individuals, highlight those, in, in those, those organizations, highlight those sports tournaments, highlight those professional sports teams, those professional athletes. So um, definitely tune into the Compete Sports Diversity Awards um, this year. And then obviously next year, if looking into uh, attending the Compete Sports Diversity World uh, Awards, please feel free to reach out to anybody on our team, whether it's me, Eric, Pav, Israel, Emma. Um, we, we have a, we have a team here that's continuously growing and a lot of people that are supporting our organization um, please feel free to nominate an athlete nominate somebody within your own community that that um, you feel is diver- deserving of, of an award that recognizes the work that they did um, for their local communities in the lgbtq plus community for sure awesome that's great are there any other upcoming initiatives or things that listeners should be looking out for um, we're really focusing on women in sports right now. Um, and obviously, as we're we're always focusing on LGBTQ+, there's definitely intersections of DEI that cross. Um, and so next year, we, uh, we're getting ready to launch a Women's Sports Council. So be on the lookout for that. We're, we're super excited for that. Um, and now we're seeing um, so many women start coming into leadership roles and even coaching roles in the NFL and, and um, the WNBA and the NBA, actually. Um, the, the female who was the first head coach of, uh, the San Antonio Spurs last year, stepping in for Greg Popovich when, um, Greg Popovich's wife had passed away. So, um, initiatives this year is, is, is women is a big one, women in sports and how do we create a, um, or how do we bring more visibility to women in sports? Um, that's kind of a, that's a big one for us right now, for sure. Yeah. Very important topic. And where can people find more about compete sports? Yeah, we, you can find more information uh, about us on our Instagram, on our Facebook, um, both are Compete Sports Diversity. Um, you can find out more information on our website, which is competenetwork.com. And then obviously you can connect with Bo, who has so many connections and, and worked with us at a conference in, in Seattle that we did with the Seahawks this year. So um, there's different ways to find us for sure. Social media outlets, um, even sending me an email, phone number, all that other stuff for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's been great getting to chat with you again and reconnect and talk about uh, these really important intersectionalities and and what's to come. Yeah, absolutely. No, thank you for uh, thanks for having me and always look forward to conversations, um, obviously off camera, too. Bo, you're you're fantastic. And we, we love the relationship that we're continuing to build with each other for sure. Appreciate that. Let us know how we can support you. All right, folks, that brings us to today's affirmation. As you know, we will be ending every show with an affirmation because we often as queer folks and humans in general do not give ourselves the chance to feel our full potential, feel empowered and feel like we're really quite good enough. So you are and I, as always, am here to remind you. And so please repeat after me. I am living proof that people like me exist. How I feel right now is valid, and so is how I feel tomorrow. I've got this. All right, one more time. I am living proof that people like me exist.
how I feel right now is valid, and so is how I will feel tomorrow. I've got this. All right, y'all, that's it for this episode of Oh My God. We have, like I mentioned earlier, one episode left in season three, rounding out 2022. So don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform to ensure that you don't miss out. Don't forget to rate us and follow along for more of your favorite queer and trans content. We're on most social media platforms at Oh My God Pod or check us out at www.bowmygod.com. Thank you so much again to Treyer Martinez of Compete Sports Diversity for joining us. Thank you for sharing about both the Compete Sports Membership Conference and awards happening in January in Las Vegas. You heard Treyer. If you have anyone to nominate for the Compete Sports Diversity Awards, please find out more information at competenetwork.com. You can also find Compete Sports at Compete Sports Diversity on social media. And if you have any questions for them and you don't want to reach out to them, reach out to me. I'll get you in contact, like Treyer said. So thanks again. Love you all and have a great holiday. And we'll talk to you in two weeks. Catch you next time. Oh.